All right, church, you ready to go? Let's jump in. Let's jump in. So uh, a few... Um, a few weeks ago, in fact, I'll invite you to just turn in your, in your Bibles with me to Philippians chapter 4. It's in the New Testament. Philippians chapter 4. As you're turning there, I want to I talk to you about uh, an interesting moment I had at a dinner uh, on Wednesday night. My wife and I, we were meeting up with another couple from the church here, and we were just going to have a night to fellowship, and we figured we'd try a brand new restaurant we'd never been to before. And it's one of those places that makes those... Uh, brick oven pizzas, you know, and, and they, they kind of make, they have some really cool uh, different types on their menu. So we figured we'd try it out. We sat down. I ordered one uh, that was delicious. And, uh, and, and my wife and, uh, and the other lady, she had ordered, they had ordered one that was uh, for them. So we were sharing. And we had two pizzas that were coming to the table. And then my wife and the other couple, they start asking about this real silly thing. It's called salad. Have you heard of it? And, and they're like, oh, you got any salad or something we can have? And I'm thinking like, it's like, okay, so salad for everyone. I said, not for everyone. No salad for me. That's the food my food eats. I don't want that. Um, and so, you know, we just made a little joke, but they, they figured out how much salad they'd need um, and they ordered it. And so the pizzas came out and they, they set the pizzas down and everyone leaned in. Mmm, this smells good. Then they set the salad down and everyone went like this. So did you see that face? They went, Collectively, the three of them just step back. Do you know why they did that? Because what they saw in front of them, they saw something really scary. It's so scary that I had to hide it from you this morning, that you won't be distracted during worship. You ready for me to show it to you? You sure? It's scary, I'm telling you. Here's what they saw. You know what that is? You know why they're scared of it? You heard about what's happening in the news, right? I checked. I said, is this the cola lettuce? They're like, no. And I'm like, oh, man. They're like, what? I said, I'm going to be talking about it a little bit. I just wanted to know. No chance. Still, it's a little scary looking, isn't it? But what I watched was this moment where they're leaning in, and they just lean back, and they had to look at her and say, no, no, don't worry. No one's gotten sick here from it. I think we live in a day and age where we're afraid of our salad. No, think about that, right? Because you know what that was, that, that moment, that look that came into the eye of, of each person sitting around the table except me, because for me, I'm thinking, this is the moment I've been training for my entire life. I'm impervious to it. I'm like, look, this is it. I now have this ironclad reason no more salad. It's out. It's done. It's done. Um, but you know what that look was that I saw in them? Anxiety. Do you get what I'm saying? Just this look of anxiety, like, oh no, worry, fear. And, and I saw that, and I just think for what we're going to be talking about today, that captures that moment. There are things that happen to you every single day, and you get that look in your eye. What are we going to do, right? And you just kind of hold your breath. You're just trying to figure it out. Am I going to go in? Am I going to do That's anxiety. And I, I don't know if you know this, but anxiety is something that's very serious in this world right now. I started to look up some statistics. And, uh, and, and with that, we find that anxiety affects 40 million people in the United States are being treated right now for anxiety disorders. That's over 18% of our adult population of the country is being treated medically for anxiety disorders. Just let that sink in for just a moment. In fact, it says this. This is a quote 
from one of those articles, it says, anxiety has become the number one mental health issue in North America. It's estimated that over a third of North American adult population experiences these anxiety issues. So 18% are actually being diagnosed, treated some medically, with medication, whatever it might be. And then there's as much as another 20% that are dealing with it, but they don't know what to do with it. So they're not being treated, they're not, being, they're not reaching out, they're not getting the medical help that maybe they even need. And so this is a major problem. Would you agree, church? And I, as I'm praying for you and knowing how many people we'd be talking to today and who'd be watching this, I'm thinking if these statistics hold up, as many as 40 to 50% of the people that I'd be speaking to could be dealing with anxiety issues, deep anxiety issues. I'm so thankful that something we come across that's so relevant today, when we look back in the scriptures, God has already planted their seeds of wisdom and insight that can help address that. You know, this is near to my heart. There was a moment in time uh, in my own family that someone I love and care about dearly was dealing with such severe anxiety that they were on the edge of beginning to become medicated for it. They didn't know what else to do. Uh, they didn't know wh where to turn. And um, in my own heart, I, I just didn't have a peace. It's not that I'm not about taking medicine. I'm all about taking medicine. But something deep in me sensed this is, this is more of a spiritual problem. I really sense this is a spiritual problem. And we begin to just kind of treat that. Then we're just going to kind of numb it. We're never going to deal with it. And we're just going to kind of go on living our life with that without knowing that maybe there's a, a freedom there. Um, I'm sharing way more than I was planning to with you. Can you just hear me for a moment? Um, but I believe that God had a breakthrough there, and thank God he brought a breakthrough in that moment. And that person never needed to, to do anything medically with medication, and God has helped uh, so much. Now, I'm not saying that's for everyone. I understand there are severe things that people battle with anxiety, but I believe deep in my heart, if I could tell you today, I have faith for healing of anxiety today, like right now. And I believe that anyone that calls upon the Lord today that's dealing with us can be healed and restored of it. And so that's what I believe. That's what I've been praying for. And um, we, we look and would say we want to see God's healing presence. We want to see him do what he promises to do. I believe he's ready to heal and set people free from anxiety today um, as we preach this word. Because um, God's word paints a powerful picture. Because you want to know what the, the, the antidote, the cure for anxiety really is? It's peace. It's, and it's not just peace. It's the peace of God is the cure for anxiety. And if you can experience that, I just believe God can do a deep work of healing today. That's, where, that's our true north today, okay, church? That's where we're marching towards. That's what we're believing God to do. And so take this journey with me. God gives us a great, beautiful picture of peace. Um, and peace is the answer to anxiety and, and a way to set us free from anxiety. This word peace in the Hebrew, this word is a very powerful, very full word. It's the shalom of God. And God promises peace. And peace is just a, an undercurrent of everything about God's plan and his purpose. It's about peace. And so he paints this powerful picture of what it will look like. And when God is there and God is near, what peace really is. Because I think we often think peace is the absence of our problems. That's the world's definition of peace. Peace is the absence of our problems. So you can write that down in your notes. I encourage you to take notes and then cross it out. Because that's not what we're talking about today. Peace is something much different when it comes to God's perspective on it. And I don't know about you. You can have the peace of this world all that you want. I can't, and, and I don't know how to help you get that. There's a whole a bunch of other things. You can go find a seminar for that. But if you want to have the peace of God, 
then let's first understand what it is and let's, let's understand how we can have it and what's getting in the way of us having it. So when we talk about this idea of peace, it is about wholeness. A couple words you want to kind of write down and meditate on. It's about wholeness. It's about harmony. And it's about preservation, a preserving. So I'm going to give you those kind of couple words just to think about, all right? So when God paints a picture of peace, this is what he, what he gives. He gives it in Isaiah chapter 11, verses 6 through 9. And he says, this is what my peace looks like. This is what my true shalom looks like and will look like one day when it fully is realized. Isaiah eleven six through 9. The wolf will live with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the goat. The calf and the lion and the yearling together and a little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear. And their young will lie down together. And the lion will eat straw like an ox. I mean, at this point, I'm thinking like, wow, this is, I mean, I watch those Planet Earth shows. I don't know about you. And whenever the little lamb's running and then it shows the wolf, I get anxiety. I don't know about you. I'm like, what's about to happen? Do I need to block this for my kids? Like, what's about to take place? God says, here's what's going to happen. The wolf's going to be there and the lambs, and they're just going to lay down together. This one that's naturally, its instinct is to, to, to kill and to destroy and to, no, no, they're just going to be together. It isn't that the wolf is going to be gone and the lamb is just going to be roaming free. No, they're going to be together and there's going to be a peace over them. Now, now it gets really crazy because I have young kids. The infant will play near the cobra's den. Hold on. <laughs> I don't have faith for that yet. And the young child will put his hand in the viper's nest. What? They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Do you see what I'm talking about? Shalom, peace. This is the peace that God is talking about. This is this idea that is not at all about the absence of conflict or the absence of scary things that can make you afraid. It's not about the absence of any of those. For me, peace is get the cobra out of here. Kill the cobra. I like the verse, stomp on his head. He's dead. That's peace. No. Peace is we're going to put their hand in the cobra's nest and nothing's going to happen. Wow. So here's what it is. Peace isn't about the absence of my problems. Ready? Here's the definition for peace. Peace is the wholeness and harmony that comes from God and preserves you in the midst of problems. Peace is not the absence of problems. It is a sense of wholeness and harmony in the midst of the problems. It's God's preserving power to carry you through. It's not that the problems are always even meant to be there because eventually the problems can be dealt with. But for many of you today, you think you will not have peace until there's an absence of all these problems in your life. You say, peace will come when the marriage gets better. Peace will come when the job gets better. Peace will come when the bills are all paid. Peace will come if this debt can be alleviated. Peace will come if, if, if we can just kind of resolve this issue that's going on between us. And I want you to know, if that becomes your source of peace, then you'll never really have peace because something else will come and it'll take your peace all over again. Here's what Jesus says in John chapter 14, verse 27. He said, my peace I give to you, my peace I leave with you. I don't give it the same way that the world gives peace. That's the way the world gives peace. This is what we're talking about is the peace of God. The peace that we said, if it's a fruit of the Spirit, it can only come from Jesus. Just remember that everything we talk about, you can try to find the counterfeit in this world. It'll be kind of similar. And then sometimes it's not even bad. It's very good. 
But what we talk about when we talk about we're going to be rooted in God and experience the fruit of the Spirit, these things can only come from Jesus. So what does he promise? My peace I'm going to give to you. My peace I leave with you. Just put it up real quick. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give it to you. So don't let your heart be what? Trouble. What is that? Anxiety. Nor let it be fearful. How many of us are gripped with fear and with anxiety and a troubled heart today? The answer is the peace that only Jesus can give. That's what we want to experience. This peace is not about an absence of conflict. Again, I want to show it to you one more time. God gave us a beautiful example of this on Friday. Does anyone know what happened on Friday? I'm not talking about what happened that night. I'm talking about what happened that day. Thousands of miles away from here, in Korea, were two leaders in two countries, in two parts of a country in peninsula, who for 65 years have been at war, met on a line that divided them, shook hands, and for the first time ever, the leader of North Korea, feel this right here, boom, stepped in to South Korea and was welcomed. And then no one was expecting this. He grabbed him by the hand and said, now I want you to come into my country. I mean, I feel, I just feel something in the midst of this moment. You know what that is? That's, that's this, this moment of peace. And they went and they embraced. Now, were there still problems in this moment? Yes. Were there still nuclear threats? Yes. Was there still a war that was happening? At this moment in time, the war was still being fought. Know that, technically. But this was the moment of peace. Peace precedes the problems being resolved. Does that make sense? And just five hours ago, before I started preaching today, They've now announced that in May, they're shutting down the nuclear test site in the north. I mean, look at that. Like, there's just something happening there. Does that mean everything's going to be I don't know. I'm, I'm, but I'm telling you, this is a picture of the peace that God's talking about. This is it. And, and I wanted you to see it because you, need, you could feel that, couldn't you? You could feel it. And I want you to know, this is what God promised. He's going to bring peace. And don't wait for all the problems to go away because the peace can come even before the problems are gone. God can bring that, and he can give birth to that. So see that, okay? I'm, I'm spending a little time here just because I want you to have a good definition. If you don't, if it's not clear for you what we're talking about when we say the peace of God, then everything we're going to chase after, you won't fully understand what you're reaching for, right? So that's why we're doing that. Peace is about this preserving power in the midst of these problems. So you have to ask yourself this question. I thought the problem was the problem. I thought the debt was the problem. I thought the marriage thing was the problem. I thought that was the problem because today if I have anxiety, today if I'm gripped with this, it's because there's a lack of peace in my life and even a lack of the peace of God. And so what's stopping that peace in my life? What's getting in the way? And I want to tell you today, the problem you think is the problem isn't the problem. What you think is the problem isn't the problem. But there are some problems. And I believe that they're not the ones you think they are, but, but, but I think there are three of them. And at the end of the service, I will, I will combine those three into just one that I believe is the solution for all of us. But there are three problems I think you have to ask yourself if you lack the peace of God in your life right now. So that's the journey we're going to take. We're going to look at Philippians as we do this. So look at Philippians with me. We're gonna, we're gonna, I'm just going to read the whole thing, and then we're going to go piece by piece through it. Here's what Paul says. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, man, see, if I could sing like Pastor Ron, I would, I would be belting this out right now. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Ready for this? The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. 
But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And what will happen? And the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about, or in your versions, maybe in a better translation, is dwell on these things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. So there are these different instructions that are being given, and then these different promises that God gives if you'll do that. Did you catch all that? If you do this, then I'll do this. If you dwell on these things, then the God of peace will always be with you. If you pray and you pray in this way, then the peace of God will guard you. Like there's all of these things that are actually contingent on us doing what God's instructing us to do. And so we have to take these things seriously and they get at the root of some of the problems. So I'm going to ask you three questions about three problems. The first problem, if you don't have the peace of God today, if you're maybe riddled with anxiety, you have to ask, is it a presence problem? Is the problem a presence problem? What do I mean by that? Let's look again at verses 4 and 5. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. There's four words here that, that get to the whole of it. The Lord is near. The Lord is near. Why is that significant? Because if the Lord isn't near, then there is a problem. I want you to know, if, there isn't, if the Lord isn't near, I believe you have every reason to have no peace. If the Lord isn't here and isn't near, then you can have all the anxiety in the world. You can have all kinds of fear. But I want you to know, if he's near to you today, you don't have to have any fear. If he's near to you, then the peace of God is near to you because he is our peace. So that's, that's the, 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 if it's a presence problem, it means perhaps we're not living in the awareness of just how near the Lord is to us. Or we're living our lives disconnected from him. Jesus said, apart from me, you could do nothing. So if we're not living in the presence of Jesus, I want you to know that fruit can't be born in our life. You can't have the peace that he promises if you don't spend time with him. Does that make sense? I was just praying to be clear today. That's all I've been praying. Lord, make it clear. Make it clear. Make it clear. So is it a presence problem? Am I in a place where I'm not living and even practicing the presence of God? Because here's what you'll do. You, when you read scripture, you're going to read it differently. Watch what happens in the presence of Jesus. Watch what happens when God's presence becomes known. Look in Psalm 23, verse 4. Look what it says. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. You are with me, so I'm not afraid. You are with me, so I have peace. Just study the life and ministry of Jesus. When he goes and where he goes, he brings peace. The, he is literally, his name is given through the prophecies about him. He is the prince of what? Peace. He is peace embodied. He's peace personified. When Jesus showed up, peace enters the situation, enters hearts. It's like, I bring you good news of great joy and peace. To all men. You know what's amazing in the Bible? If you'll see, joy and peace are very connected to one another. You'll see that over and over and over. It's something for you to think about, pray about, say, Lord, what's going on here? We'll, we'll see a little bit about it. But when Jesus shows up, peace reigns in situations. 
It says in, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14, I don't have it in the slides for you, but it says that he is our peace. Oh, I do. For he himself is our peace. He has made both groups into one. He broke down every barrier and every dividing wall that stood against us. So when Jesus shows up, he is our peace. My question, is he your peace today? If you don't have a relationship with God, if you've never surrendered your life to Jesus and you are riddled with anxiety, and you have no peace in your life, I want you to know the first step you take is you take a step towards Jesus. I want you to know I suffered severely with anxiety when I was growing up, and I was nervous about a lot of things. I think that when I learned about Jesus and I began to follow him, man, I remember the peace that filled my life and my heart in the first moment that I made a decision to follow Jesus. I believe that happened for dozens of students that, that, that responded to him on, on Friday night, that peace filled their heart in their life the moment they turned to him. There was one man, his name is Brother Lawrence. I cannot talk about the presence of God and someone living in the presence of God without talking about this man. He is someone who really worked almost like a janitor in a monastery. He had really committed his life to the Lord and wanted to always be in the Lord's presence. And this man was not educated very well. He was, he didn't rise up through the ranks. He just kind of swept the floors and did a lot of menial tasks. But this was a man of prayer. And this was a man that lived constantly. His goal, his life mission was just to live in the presence of God. He never wanted to be disconnected from God. And so he just looked to do that all the time. And the people that were the teachers and the people that were the highest up, they were just astounded by this man's faith, by this man's meekness, by, by this relationship that he had with the Lord so much that they took all his writings and, they, and, and all the things that they had experienced with him and they put it into a book. It's one of the great classics um, that, you know, you could read it. It might be in a little bit of old English, but if you have never read The Practice of the Presence of God, you've got to pick it up. You've got to just read it. You've got to look at it. Look up quotes by him. You'll be amazed. I want to share a couple with you because this is going to bring someone peace today. He said, when you call upon the Lord, he, he's there instantly. And when he's there with you, he becomes your peace. So this is what Brother Lawrence says. He says, when you cry out to the Lord, you need not cry very loud because he is nearer to us than we think. Here's what I want you to know. The Lord is closer to you than you think. Paul needed to remind the church in Philippi about that. He's closer than you think. I think sometimes I feel like God's so far, and he's like, I'm so close. Just call on me. I'm right there. And I think when I say, okay, God, well, this is what I think, but what does your word say? You could find scripture after scripture. And it's not just verses. It's promises from God. When you call on me, I'll answer. Let's look at one of them in Psalm 145, verse 18. It says in Psalm 145, verse 18, the Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. So this is a promise from God. So your first problem that it might be plaguing your life is, are you getting into the presence of God? Are you in the presence of God? Do you make that a priority in your life to be in his presence? Because if you don't have peace today, you have to first ask, is it a presence problem? Am I not living with the awareness of God's presence that he is near to me? Am I not accessing his presence through worship? Watch what would happen. I was praying with someone. They said, you know, can you come into my, my workplace and just pray because I have no peace. There's no peace in that place. And I'm thinking uh, to them because it didn't work out for me to go there. And I, I said to them, I said, it's okay. We can pray right here and then when you get there you can pray and you call on the Lord and he'll bring his peace right there you don't need me but he's there and he's near to all those who call upon him so if you don't have peace in your workplace and anywhere in your home you pray invite the presence of God there with you knowing that he's near to you I don't think we always we always talk about this idea we're, we're welcoming the presence we're inviting the presence of God I think God one day is going to unveil something of heaven and say I was already there 
when you say that, you were just becoming aware of it. You weren't like, you weren't like not opening the door and inviting me in. I was standing right behind you. I'm like, here, you're just not aware of it. Does that make sense? So let's make sure we're, we're realizing that. Um, he's here before you're here on Sundays. He's here before we even open in the worship set like that. He's like, oh, I know, I know. I was here when Lou came at 6.30 this morning because he loves me. You know, I was here long before you. I'm, I'm waiting. I'm here for you. Um, and God's closer than you think. You got it? So the first question is a presence problem. Second, second question you have to ask yourself, is it a prayer problem? Is it a prayer problem? Here's what, I, here's what I've realized, and I'm becoming convicted is, is a good word to use of this. That the peace in our life can never surpass the prayer in our life. The amount of peace will never surpass the amount of prayer. That I want you to know, prayer will not permeate, or peace will not permeate your life until prayer is a priority of your life. Peace, it can't, they, they don't work that way. You can get a, a semblance of peace that can come from somewhere in something, but you cannot get the peace of God without a priority on prayer in your life. And, um, and so here's what Paul says. He says, don't be anxious about anything. I mean, like, don't be anxious about anything. And this is this phrase that's used here. It's like not even a little bit. Like, don't, don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, how many situations? In everything. By prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. I mean, this is, this is powerful what's happening right here in this moment. He says, don't be anxious about anything. So when something comes into your life that can cause you anxiety, don't be anxious about it, but bring it to God. Carry it to him. Rely on him. We're doing, a, there, there's two words that are, or phrases that are really being used. Prayer and petition, thanksgiving. These are the components of prayer. We don't have enough time today in the message to really go into the depths of, of just defining out prayer. But prayer is about relationship and intimacy with God where we're coming and speaking to him and we're even receiving from him what we need. And so it's this very intimate moment. And, and you know, you might think you know what prayer is. And I think that as soon as you think you have it all figured out, you might want to go back and just recheck again with the Lord because he's going to want to teach you something new about it. Uh, that's happening in my own life, but I think it, all, it always happens that way. And in fact, Jesus' disciples, they were raised up in Jewish education, and they were learned, learned people of prayer. In fact, if you'd even go today and you travel to Jerusalem and to Israel, you'll find in the plane, people be getting up in the middle of the night. They're going, they're standing somewhere, and they're praying. These are people who pray. They grew up praying. They grew up calling on the Lord. They had all their prayers at different times of the day in certain ways. And they had um, kind of these things on their mezuzahs on their door that were reminders to pray. They had all those things kind of built into their culture and who they are. And yet as these disciples see Jesus, they come to him and they say, Lord, we want to pray like that. <laughs> like we thought we knew prayer, but teach us to pray. And it's then they teach us the Lord's prayer. And what's bound up in the Lord's Prayer is not just that prayer, but even the principles behind that prayer. I'd encourage you to check that out. And in fact, if you really want to live there, a couple years ago, I preached a series called Teach Us to Pray. It's right on evangelchurch.com. Go there, watch some of those messages. You'll see and understand more fully what it means when we pray and call on the Lord. But we're just going to talk about these two aspects of it. One is prayer and petitions. So when we're getting at the idea of prayer and petitions, it means this utter reliance on God. When you come to him with everything, with prayer and petition, it means you're coming, trusting him with everything. Peter says, cast your cares on the Lord because he cares for you. Cast them. You can bring anything and everything to him. And so you say, well, not in every situation, not in, like, not, 
Well, this is what God's word says in every situation, within everything. There's nothing you need to worry about. That's what he says. There's not a thing you need to worry about. You say, that can't be true. It's what he says. He didn't just say it. Jesus said it. He said, so don't worry about today and don't worry about this and what you're wearing. God is taking care of those things. Instead, seek him first. And he's going to take care of everything else. And here's what happens. We stop believing it before we've even tried it. Like, you're like, I just can't, I can't wrap my head around that, Pastor. That can't really be what it says. No, he means in everything. You mean like if, like, my shoelace is untied right now, I should bring that to the Lord. Try it. See what happens. No, like, seriously, like, before I even drive, like, I should just pray and ask the Lord. Just see what, ha- just, let, look, before you criticize it, test it. See what God does. Test him in these things. See, and I don't mean test him in a negative way. Like, try it. But I think we want to dismiss things that God says in his word. He's pretty clear in everything. I would tell you if it wasn't clear, like we looked at this for a long time this week, if it wasn't that, I would tell you he, did, he meant kind of everything, not these other things. He means in everything. Bring it to God. And watch what he does with it. With prayer and petition, so with his trust and dependence in him, with thanksgiving. Okay, this is where we're all failing, right? We're so good maybe at bringing our requests to God, but is every request you bring filled with thanksgiving? No. <laughs> no. I'm very good at listing out the things. I'm very good coming to him urgently, but with thanksgiving in everything. Yep, that's what he says. You know why? Because joy is meant to be infused in everything you do. You have the joy of the Lord as your strength, right? So now it seasons even your prayer requests. My wife, um, a couple days ago, because she knew what I was preaching about, and I've been talking about the message with her since, since Monday of last week, and um, this has really challenged us and challenged her. She prays in the mornings on her way to work. And so in the middle of the week, she said, you know what? She felt convicted as she's been, you know, we've been walking and looking at the scripture together. She said, today, Lord, I'm just going to, um, I didn't know she was going to do this, but she told me about it afterwards. So today, I'm not, ta- I'm not bringing anything to you, Lord. I just want to thank you for what you've done in my life. And she said for the 30-minute drive, she was just thanking the Lord. And by the time she got to work, she had to redo makeup and do it because she was just weeping. She was just overwhelmed by how good God has been to us. How many things she didn't even think about and know until she was just in a, in a spirit of thanksgiving. That was powerful. That ministered to me so deeply. Watch what happens when you don't come to God with all these anxious thoughts only, but you come to him with thanks and praise. And watch what he does. Just watch what he does, okay? I don't have time to tell you more stories about that. I want to show you something. Because he says that when you do that, something powerful is going to happen. It says the peace of God, which surpasses even your understanding, is going to guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. And because it's beyond our understanding, I want to try to show you what I believe it means, okay? So let's just do this. I have some, some youth that are going to help me, and, and uh, come on, let's give it up for them as they come. And Duran, my assistant, is going to come and help me as well. Come on, let's, let's get this lettuce out of here. I'm, I've been very afraid of this the whole time. So Duran's going to come, and, um, and Drew, right here, you're going to stand right here. And Drew, she's a woman of prayer, I know that. And um, what happens is there are times in life that we get these anxious thoughts, right? These things that fill us with anxiety, fill us with fear, fill, bad news. It might be about a bill. It might be about um, a friend, a family member, someone you love, but it's like, it's scary. It might be something about what's happening in this world right now. And it comes to you. And in that moment, you do what, I, what we did when we saw the lettuce. Thank God the lettuce is gone, but lean back. So he says, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything through prayer petition and thanksgiving, make your request known to God. So Duran begins to do that. And it says, this is what happens. So as you step this way, and that happens as you do, and as she prays, 
The peace of God, which surpasses understanding, is now guarding her heart and her mind in Christ Jesus. Do you see this? The word and the language that's being used here is like a squadron of soldiers that stand guard at every post. The peace of God is guarding her. It doesn't say it's with you, it's, deposit, it's guarding you. So here's what happens then. Because the enemy wants to come with these kind of things all the time to distract. When he comes, and while she's doing that, she's making a request known to God, the peace of God transcends it. And now it, what started as anxiety is gone, and she just has a peace. She has peace, she has thankfulness, she has whatever. And then the enemy's going to come to distract her again. And as he comes and he tries to get in, there's a blockade. No. Okay, I'm going to come this way. The peace of God is guarding her as she's just... Spending time in the presence of God, guarding in every way, guarding in every way. It's like from front to back, the peace of God completely surrounds you and keeps you and holds you and sustains you. And in that moment, it's like, I'm not going to have that like because the peace of God is guarding me right now. But then he goes on. That's how you get the peace of God. But how do we keep the peace of God? This is about prayer. This is if we have a life of prayer, if we make prayer priority, this is what we're promised. But then he says, finally, don't miss it. There's something else. There's more. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put them into practice, and the God of peace will be with you always. You can live. You don't have to live any other way than like this. This is a picture where the peace of God is guarding your life and leading you forward. But are we living this way? Yeah, we got real quiet in here. I heard no one say, yes, that's me. I have the peace of... No. Often or not. Why? Can I be honest with you? Because here's what happens for me. I come, in, I come into this place and I have this and I pray and I'm, and I'm excited and... And I, and I get into a prayer service. I get even get into church. I'm worried about something before Sunday on my way here. And then I get here and we begin worshiping. And as we're worshiping, I just I let go of this because I'm in the presence of God. See, now the peace is here. The peace of God's guarding me. I brought it to the Lord. But then there's some things going on and, I, and I'll notice something. I say, what is that over there? Oh, give me that. I'm like, oh. Oh, no, you can't believe that. And just as I'm doing this and as I'm dwelling on this, I'm like, oh, no, that's not good. Can you believe that? Can you believe that, God? Like, this is crazy. And then I, oh, no, hold on, what is this? Nope, 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 no, there's more, there's more. And then I just, I just have all these things that are just, that are just filling me, and, and I'm holding on to them, and I'm there. And, and, you know, I'm thinking about all these things. It's like Sunday, Monday through Saturday, are you with me? I'm walking through it. And then if this isn't bad enough, my phone starts going off. What's happening in Korea? What's happening? What's going on? They said what? They wore what? They did, oh, no, no, no. And, and I'm just looking at it. And now, you know what's even worse for me? I have this, this Apple Watch. This thing buzzes when I have appointments or buzzes when I have different. Then it buzzes, and it was buzzing to tell me the news. And it was a news site, and I don't, I'm not even going to tell you which one, but it was a news site that I didn't even want to be seeing and hearing from anyways. And, and all it's doing is just filling me with anxiety. I'm like, what is it this time? You know, it's like I'm waiting for a shoe to drop every time I, I get a little buzz because it could be the news, it could be whatever. It just, it was anxiety producing. How many of our lives look just like this? So this is what God says. You want, to, you want the peace of God? Well, I told you how to get it, but you want to keep it? You better check what you're dwelling on. And the question he asks you, is it a priority problem? 
Not just is it a presence problem. Not just, is it a pro- are your priorities in the wrong place? And if this is the picture of your life, our priorities are in the wrong place. We're dwelling on the wrong things. I want to tell you, what you dwell on eventually dwells in you. Do you know that? What you spend time, what you, like, what you surround yourself with, that, all that kind of stuff. And, and I've seen so many times where I'll look at things, and I'll even look at things that, that are in the name of Jesus, you know, and have to do with that. And, and I'll still, it'll be doing this to me. And I'm realizing, what exactly am I dwelling on? And if I took these words seriously, is there anything admirable about what I'm dwelling on right now? Is there anything pure about it? Is there anything noble about this? Is there anything true about this? How many things do we worry about and we come and find out it's not even true? How many things, right? There's something called the Babylon Bee that's like this uh, news thing. I'm sure you've read some of those. You have had anxiety and then you found out it wasn't even true to begin with. But guess what? It still was producing this in you, wasn't it? And we just carry that around. Someone likes this. And so what, what we have to do is we have to get back to a place of being in the presence of God and we actually have to be on guard and we have to get back to that place and we have to say, Lord, I want, bring me something that's noble. Bring me something that's pure. Yes. Can I praise God for this? Yes. 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 Thank you, Lord. And I'm dwelling on these things and that's it. That's good. I I have enough to dwell on now. (laughs) But then what happens is that whenever those other things come and they come my way, I say, that doesn't look like this. No, 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 no. I'm good. I'm guarded. You guys watch. You guys watch. If it's praiseworthy, let it in. If it's that, don't let it in, okay? So this is what's happening. I don't even need to look. And I'm just dwelling on things. And as there's something, if something praiseworthy comes along, the Lord allows me to see it because I want to be guarded by him. Are you with me? Does it make sense? I'm going to dwell on those things and I'm going to receive that. I'm not going not gonna to go into this way anymore. This is how we have to live our lives. Come on, give it up for them as they did such a good job. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Drew. You can leave a couple of these up here. That's all right. This is what it means that the peace of God guards your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Do you see it today, church? Come on up, Pastor Rick. I think that a part of what's really going on here, if we're honest with ourselves, is the issue might be a priority issue. Say, yes, I, 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 I'm in the presence of God. Yes, I, I worship even the Lord, and I understand that, and I have Jesus in my life. I pray. Maybe, maybe prayer needs to become more of a focal point. But man, like when, when you talk about priorities, I've been dwelling on all the wrong things. Now, I just talked about those things that maybe can create anxiety in you, maybe children, maybe family, maybe sickness, maybe bills, maybe death, maybe responsibilities, maybe... Jo- it's not about the idea that we just have to stop thinking about any of those things and... and You'll hear some, some teaching that can be out there, and I think it, it gets imbalanced in times where it's like, no, I won't receive it. I don't even hear that. I only want God's reports of things. And, and you have to be careful. If you get hyper in these areas, you, you start to think, well, it's just I just think the right things, and God just will do the right things. And you need to be very mindful. There's some of that that can be off. Are you with me? You might not be with me because I don't know that I'm with me right now, but I just want you to be on guard about that because that's not what I'm saying here. But I'm saying if something comes in and it's worth your kid running away, whatever it is, you don't just say, I reject that thought. No, no, no. Bring it to the Lord. All right, Lord. Bring it to the Lord. Lord, we're doing, and, and guess what? You're going to pray until that peace of God comes into that situation. And he brings it, you know, but you don't need to be anxious about it. That's how we need to protect our minds. Because if not, things are going to start to dwell in us. And before long, we're entertaining all the wrong things. And I want you to know today that is an imp- it is impossible 
say this very clearly and very slowly, it is impossible to have the peace of God in your life if you're living in sin. It's impossible. Because you know what's happened at the core? It's not about the sin. It's not even about, I mean, it's, it is about the sin in God. But I want you to know it's about the priority you've placed on that thing over God. God doesn't view and categorize sin the same way that you and I will. You think, was well, it a really big sin or is it a really small? God, all of that sin will destroy your peace if it's there and it's unsurrendered to God. And I want you to know today, you could pray and you can come in every worship and prayer gathering and you can make prayer the priority of your life. You can call on the Lord day until night, but until your priorities get straight, you'll never have the peace of God. I'm telling you that because you're dwelling on the wrong thing. Hear that in love from your pastor. Doesn't mean we're perfect, but it means that, man, we gotta have our priorities straight. And I'm so thankful that God is so gracious with us to help us walk out that journey. And if you're in the midst of that journey and you're walking through something, come and talk to a leader. Come talk to a pastor. Talk to, let us help you in that journey. Because if you want the peace of God until our priorities become aligned to what God has for us, we're never gonna have access to the peace that he has for us. And I think that's at the source of a lot of what people are dealing with. Do you hear me today? Is it clear, church? I want that peace. I don't want to be a double-minded man like James talks about. I have to ask, what are we entertaining? We have to pray this prayer, a big prayer. In Psalm 139, David prays this. And I want to encourage you even in this moment right now just to pray this. When it comes to asking, is it a priority problem? Search me, God. Know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. When we come to this psalm, there's two things we do. We ask God to, to really do an objective search of us. Say, Lord, I know what I might feel. I may think there's no problem at all, but he doesn't say that. He says, Lord, search me now. Now you get to put the comb through it. Now you get to shine your light into it. And what will happen in that moment, God's gonna put his finger on something inside of you. Say, this is the issue. And then you have two options. You ready for them? The first option is you can justify it. You can say, Lord, here's why, and here it is. And you could just say, this is just a part of who I am. And I want you to know, Jesus said the people that justify it, when God places that finger, they're the Pharisees. They're the hypocrites. They're the people that are just trying to justify themselves. But when God touches your heart and you see it, your second option is to repent. And that sounds like a heavy spiritual word, Pastor. It is a powerful word, let's say that. What it means, it means to do a complete turn. That when you see it, you repent, you turn of it, and you say, God, I invite you in. I need you to forgive me, and now I need your help, Lord. I want to walk in freedom from that. And as you turn to him, he promises what? I'm near to you. As you call upon him, he's near to you. So for every single one, I had people that were in the faith decades come to me after service and God put his finger on something in my heart and now I have to deal with that and I'm like I hugged them and embraced them and said thank the Lord he's getting you to freedom someone that I would have thought man after all those years they, they walk with the Lord close they pray but in this moment as they prayed even right now God pressed his finger and said now it's time and they realized it, they were dwelling on it and it was dwelling in them and it was, it was hurting them they didn't even know it was hurting them are you with me church we're going to close right now I talked to you about three things. Is it a presence problem? Is it a prayer problem? Is it a priority problem? You have to ask yourself that question, but I believe there might be three problems, but I really believe there's one answer today. And it's all found in what we talked about in the second point, 
that I believe when prayer becomes the priority of your life and of your walk with God, that you will have the peace of God in abundant measures. And I think that it really all boils down to that place. What priority do you have in your life on prayer? Because here's what I could tell you. You can get into God's presence in different ways and you can reset all your priorities and read the word and you can do some things like that. But there's nothing like when you're in prayer. So let's think about that. When you worship God and we sing songs, we're in God's presence. When we go to his word and we study his word intensely, we're understanding God's priorities. But none of them are like prayer because prayer, you're doing all three at once. Do you understand that? In there, you're, when you come into the Lord in prayer, you're in his presence. And whenever you're with the Lord on prayer, he's working in your heart just like David prayed and he's realigning your priorities even by his spirit. And so prayer becomes the key to everything. And God pricked my heart and convicted me in a deep way as we began 2018 in prayer. And we, we started 21 days of fasting and prayer. And I knew that God was going to use it to bring breakthrough. And it was not long into that, that God began, because I had things I was asking the Lord for clarity and direction, things about our future and the vision. And God put his finger on prayer and said, what is this house known as? Thinking, Lord, what will we be known as? We worry, what's our reputation in the world? And we're known as a church that's generous. And we're known as a church that's missions giving. And there are even times we're known for the messages and for the preaching and what God's doing here. We were at one point in time known for the concerts. And we're, we're known for all these things, known for our community service. And, and what the Lord put on my, my finger on, when I go to the word, Jesus said, it's not going to be known as a house of preaching. It's not going to be known as a house of missions. And my house, if you want it to be my house, my house will be a house of prayer. Jesus himself said that. Do you know what context he said it? And we was flipping over the tables of the money collector and said, my house will not be a house of anything else but a house of prayer. It doesn't mean these things won't happen, but what will the reputation be? And what God showed me in, 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 in that moment was what would it look like one day for evangel as prayer would become the foundation of this house, that our reputation would be there's a group of people that whatever it is you walk through, they call on God and God hears them and answers them. That's what it means to be a house of prayer. It means that like, there is a, like, we know, we don't know everything about this God, but we know when they pray, things happen because there's a God that hears them and responds to them. And when that stirred in my heart, I said, that's what we are. That's who we are called to be. That is not who we are today. And that is not who we have been. And I, I personally repented of the Lord as he's revealed that to me because I realized, man, in my own prayer life, God is challenging me. And in the foundation of who we are, God is ready to shift something. And therefore, prayer is going to become a priority moving forward, church. A priority of this house and of this direction and where we're at. And with that, it means that we have to, we have to make some decisions. And I've been meeting for months with our pastors and leaders. And, you know, you, you just like, you become so afraid to, like, what are we going to change? And we have to, because priorities create change. You have to change something to say, how will this be a priority? And we were trying to make it work and, and keep everything going just as it has always gone. And God's kind of said, no, 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 no. When it's a priority, it requires change. It requires whatever is going to change. Don't hold anything too tightly if this is what the Lord has. And in our leaders, we came together and said, this is it. Let's, let's do it. We took a step, a big step, that we're going to begin an, a, a weekly prayer service here at Evangel Church every single week. We're going to meet on Wednesday nights, and we're going to call upon the name of the Lord together, and he's going to answer us and move in our midst. And we're going to hear the testimony of what God does as just from the beginning of it. I know it. 
So I've been taking our leaders, our pastors. We were at Brooklyn Tab two weeks ago. We got to meet Pastor Simbola and, and others that are leading in leadership there. And they've been praying for us as we're taking this step. And on Tuesday night, we're heading up to Times Square Church. And we're meeting with Pastor Carter after the, after the service and having them pray for us. But we're in these churches where it is a priority. They have a prayer service. They have a gathering place where prayer becomes the engine of what they're doing. And God's birthing that similar vision in our hearts, church. And I hope you'll take that journey with us. Because I'll be here. I'll be here calling down heaven. And, and I said, Lord, whoever you give with us, Lord, we're going to do it. We're going to go for it. We're going to give it our all. And so what does that mean? Well, we, we've been talking and we have dwelling place with our Wednesday night service. That will ultimately um, really move into this. And this will become that. We're going to meet up there for our prayer services for a little while while the children are, um, are, are still meeting uh, in the building because there's a lot going on on Wednesday nights. But, um, but I believe very quickly we are going to outgrow that space. There will not be enough room in there for what God's going to do. And so we'll move right into here um, this summer uh, within a few weeks. But we're kicking off on May 23rd. It's a few days after the day of Pentecost. And I don't know if you know the significance of that. God knows exactly what he's doing. Because you know what? Everything God birthed in the early church was birthed in a prayer room. It was birthed in a prayer meeting. It was birthed out of a place where people came together and called upon the name of the Lord and he met them in whatever it is that they walked through. And so I want prayer to be a priority of your life. And I know for that to happen, we're going to make it a priority here. And I want you to regularly make that a priority that you're going to be in the place of prayer daily. And then that will be that overflow, that rallying point where God meets us corporately and collectively. Amen. God is good. Can we just praise him for that? I'm excited. I'm, I'm so excited. I can't, I can't tell you how excited I am for what he's going to do. As we close today, I, 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 I wasn't planning to share this, but I, I really think that we need to close here. Um, someone here today, I, I believe uh, you might be here and you have no peace today because you do not have a personal relationship with Jesus. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give an invitation for people to accept Jesus today as their Lord and as their Savior. And today, um, I'm going to ask you to do something. It might make you feel a little bit uncomfortable, but I believe that it will release the peace of God in your life when you're willing to come to him. And uh, you don't need to be ashamed of that. We're going to celebrate with you. But I just want to invite you today, if you know that you don't have peace with God, today you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you've never fully surrendered your life to him, you've never accepted him as your Lord and as your Savior, but today you're ready to meaning you're ready to turn away from your old life. You, you're, you're, you're gonna ask him just to forgive you of that. You believe that he died for your sins and he rose from the grave. That's what Easter is all about. And you're willing to follow him. Today, if you've never made that decision or you've made it maybe a very long time ago, but it, man, you're so far from God right now. You need him and you need him to come and be your peace. And you're ready to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If that's you right now and you're here, I'm gonna ask you to do something because we don't have much time. I wanna pray for you though. I want you to stand to your feet if that's you right now. Come on, if there's anyone in this room right now and that's you, just stand to your feet. Don't be ashamed. Don't be embarrassed. Just stand up right now, right where you're at. Come on, is there anyone here? Anyone? Okay. All right. It's okay. There might be someone that isn't willing. It's a big step, I understand. I'm just asking you to be willing to make that. It'd be the greatest decision you've ever made. I, I feel so strongly to pray this prayer regardless of someone standing. And so I'm going to pray it. And um, either I don't see you or, or perhaps you're watching online right now and you're, you're trying to wave me down. Whatever it is, I just feel like we have to pray this prayer right now. It's going to mean life or death for someone. It's going to mean peace of God for someone. Praise the Lord. There you are right there. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you.
Come on. You're going to make me cry. God for you. Thank God that you took that step. It's the greatest step you've ever made. Come on, Pastor Ron, just get a couple people. In. I want to pray. I want to I have someone next to each one of them as they pray. You see who's standing. You're, you're here. You're a believer next to them. Please just come alongside. We're going to pray for them right now. Pray, dear Jesus. Come on, say this from the bottom of your heart right now as you stand right where you're at. Dear Jesus, I ask you to come into my life and to forgive me of my sins that have separated me from you. And today I believe that you came and that you died and that you rose again for me. And today I turn my whole heart to you. I ask you to come in and lead and guide my life and be my peace. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. Praise God. Someone can head back there as well, my sister. Connect with her. And as you're doing that, you can just stop listening to me and whoever's around you, they're gonna just pray with you or maybe connect with you. Greet them, we wanna meet you and give you something special because I want to be able to talk to you. But for everyone else, while they're talking, I need you to look at me right now. For the rest of us, here's what I know. And this is how we're going to close in prayer today. There are many of you today that this message is very timely. I, I believe for the statistics I told you, as many as 40% of the people in the room right now, you could be gripped with anxiety. You need the peace of God to overcome that in your life. And my goal is not to embarrass you, but I believe that defining moments in your life call for a decisive action and step. And I'm gonna invite you in just a moment, you're gonna stand to your feet if you need prayer for that. And I'm just gonna pray and I'm believing that God's gonna release his peace over your life, over your circumstance, over whatever it is that you're walking through. And so in just a moment, I'm gonna ask you to do that. And as you stand, you might be walking through something very, very serious, maybe something even diagnosed, whatever that is. It's not, it's not for me to know any of it. You might just be someone that, You've never talked to anyone about it, but you know inside, you just feel it. So don't feel any sense of guilt about this because it's about God coming and there are many that walk through this. Could be as many as one out of every two are walking through that. And today, if I was sitting where you're at and, I, and someone was speaking to me, I would be one of the people that would stand because this is an area that I've been continuing to ask God to help me with. So I want you to feel that today. If you need this, I just believe God's gonna release a healing and just a, a fresh touch on every person that needs it today. So if that's you right now, I want you to stand to your feet. If you say, that's me, Pastor, I need that peace. I need freedom from that anxiety, whatever it is. Come on, stand. Come on, church, let's celebrate because I believe God's going to bring freedom today as people are standing. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just lift your hands before God right now as you're standing right where you're at. We're just going to begin to call upon the name of the Lord. Just begin to call on the name of the Lord. And if you're sitting next to someone and God has met you and you've been feeling his peace, you begin to intercede for them right now. You begin to call down on heaven for God to bring freedom and to release his peace over their life. Lord Jesus, we call upon you today. Lord, we call, I call upon you today, Lord God. Come as the Prince of Peace, Lord God. Come and reign in every heart, Lord God, in every life. Lord, we come into your presence today. We call upon you, Lord. Lord, the enemy would want to blind us to help us not to see, Lord God. But today, you're shining deeply, Lord God. We see, Lord, that you are the only one that can be our peace, Lord God. Today, we invite you to come, Lord God. We take every thought captive, everything, Lord, that's been warring against us. And Lord, we bring it to you, Lord God. And as we place it at your feet, Lord God, we get your peace as a result, Lord God. We ask right now, Lord, I ask you to just begin to release your peace over your people, Lord God.
God. I pray right now that something would go well beyond my words would happen, that the Holy Spirit of God would just begin to touch lives, that, Lord, you begin to relieve burdens as we surrender. And if you're here, just surrender these things to the Lord. Stop holding them. Stop carrying them. Invite the Lord to come and just, just take them. Lord Jesus, you see your people responding even now in their hearts and from their hearts. For those today, as you're standing, you prayed that prayer. Even as you heard the word of God, search me, O God, and know me. I'm going to read it again. Search me, God. Know my heart. Just repeat this after me. Test me. Know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Lord, as we pray that prayer, you're putting your finger on things right now, Lord God, in my life and in every life. Today, Lord, we choose not to justify, but to repent of those things. Lord, we repent of them and we turn from them. And we thank you for your forgiveness. We thank you today, Lord, that as we've truly done that, we may have felt that these things have caused you to be so far from us. Lord, you're a lot closer than we think. You're right here as our heart is turning to you. I pray right now that the overwhelming love of God would flow into every heart and every life, that we would feel the joy of the Lord strengthening us today and that you'd put peace on your children today. You'd guard them in your peace. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you're doing it. Thank you that you're working. Thank you that you're here with us. And Lord, we just collectively make a priority, Lord. We will pray. We will be a people of your presence, Lord God. We will not live this way anymore, Lord. This is not about a one-time uh, inoculation or an This is about an everyday relationship with you, Lord. We will allow the priority of our life to be prayer, Lord, to be in your presence, to be seeking you, Lord God. And so we do that today, Lord. We thank you that you'll guard us with your peace. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's celebrate what God's doing today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You know what I feel today, church? I feel the peace of God all over me. I just feel God's peace in a different way. And I pray that you will as well as you leave here. I spent a week with this. There's last thing that I'm gonna invite you to do, bring the lights up before everyone leaves. You could be seated for just a moment or you could stand because we're gonna dismiss whatever you want. But this is an everyday thing, every day. So number one, we're sending out devotionals to like six or 700 of you. If you're not getting the devotionals, let someone know, we'll send them to you as well. And this week is gonna be all about peace. Every single day, there's gonna be a word sent to you at five or six in the morning from me and some of our leaders. And it's just a message about peace. And you can receive that, you can read it from your phone, read it, it's gonna be sent to your email, but you gotta let us know you want it. And here's an easy way for you um, to, to just reach out to any of our pastors uh, and let us know. But secondly, I'm gonna pray for you and our pastors and our team, we wanna pray for you by name today and this week. And the best way for us to do that is for you letting us know that you're here. If you could just take out your phone before you leave, I'm sure many of you didn't do this. I could tell you an exact number. I know in the first service, not many had done that. So we're gonna just do this as we close. I want you to send a text message with the word here to this phone number, 908-325-5163. If you don't have a phone, um, don't worry, I'm not gonna send you you know, advertisements or things and all that. We're just, we're just gonna pray for you. That's what we're gonna do. And we're gonna thank God that you were here and that you heard this word. But we were gonna, I wanna pray for you by name. And if you send us that text message, then we'll be able to pray for you by name. And if I don't have your name, I'll pray for you by phone number. Lord, you know who lives at that phone number. Pray for them uh, right now, Lord, give them your peace. But for every single one of us, we wanna pray for you. Uh, we wanna be able to support you. We're, we're thankful that you're here. We do want you to let us know that you're here. So just send that text message. In fact, while you're sitting there, 
and uh, this is a really easy way for you to get all the devotionals too if you want. Um, just right after you send the word here, the next word I want you to write is just rooted, R-O-O-T-E-D. That's our series. Type that in, click send, and you're gonna get devotionals all week on peace to help you walk out this journey, amen? Amen. So once you do that, you can feel free uh, to stand to your feet. But I'm just going to say a closing word of prayer. Our altar team is going to be at the front. I'm going to invite altar workers just to come on forward and be ready to pray for people. If you need prayer, you can come. If not, this is just going to be an atmosphere of just responding and thinking about the word. Save all your conversations for the foyer. Once you've sent that text message, you're free to go. Lord Jesus, thank you for your peace. Thank you that you're with us. Go with us now, Lord God. Lead and guide us every day as we learn. Lord, what it means to have you as our peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you today.